Get Diplo in there. Hell get yeah. Diplo in there. It's a Diplo remix. Get everybody. Some vertical, get some vertical tunes. <laughs> Folks, welcome to episode four of the Salty Hour podcast. We are coming to you live from Palm Springs. It's our first destination episode. Yeah. And we're so happy to have you with us. In addition to being our first destination episode, it's also our first episode with the- a special guest interview. Woo! Welcome! And today we are featuring um, Mark the biggest celebrity that's in Palm Desert this weekend, Barack Obama. <laughs> oh, well, he couldn't make it. He couldn't make it. He is in town. He is in town. Uh, yeah. He's playing he's a lot busy. of golf. Um, he's, he shut down an entire course yesterday for the president to play. He had 50 Secret Service men on every single hole. That's crazy. Bordering the hole, going into the homes, sniffing around. For, for our president. And, and yeah. the rumor is he went really, really low on the course. Really? Yeah. yeah. So, Mark, you've That's played our tax a lot dollars, of golf hard at work. while you're here. <laughs> you played a lot of golf all, during your time here in Palm Springs. You played that same course, correct? I, I the played, day after Obama played? I played the same course yesterday nice. um, that Obama played the day before. What was, what was the course called? This was a TPC Stadium course, part of the PGA West uh complex where they just had the uh the pga event um career builders championship fancy i think we have our first two brought to you buys this episode ladies and gentlemen brought to you by potus career builders oh career builders yeah if you're looking for work career 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 builders.com also la quinta la quinta resorts la quinta resort and the u.s government yes yes this episode brought to you by the u.s government love it so, Mark, we had some fun coming up with your, uh, the intro song for today's episode. Talk to us about that one. So that song, that song is, is um, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, of course. This is, so happy you know, to have you here. Long time um, coming. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I really appreciate the chance to get on the, get on the mic and let my voice be heard. Yeah. Because uh, as an only child, we know that nobody ever listens to me. Um, so that, that song, that's a, a Puff Daddy and the Family song um, from the No Way Out album. And that was actually the first mm-hmm. album that I ever purchased with my own money. Where'd you get it? I got it? it. Yeah, I got it at the, um, at the Rite Aid. Um, in <laughs> at the, a Rite Aid? In the Food Emporium um, strip mall parking lot up in Muckleteo, Washington. Muckleteo. Muckleteo. Shout out, Mucktown. Shout out. <laughs> um, but the, the catch was I was with my mom. I was probably, I don't know, maybe 11, 10, 11 at the time. And she wouldn't let me buy the explicit version. Right. Yeah. Right? So you had to, you know, the CDs are behind the counter. 
and I had I was buying the No Way Out CD album, but I had to buy the the under eighteen parental yeah. approved yeah. edited clean version. And I was I was not happy at all. So what I did, um, what any kid would do as a, as a ten year old looking to hear some dirty lyrics and drop some beats, is I went mm-hmm. over to my my buddy's place, um, Al Chang. And shout I out to Al Chang. Shout out Al Chang. And I think everybody had one of these friends growing up where they had the parents that didn't speak English. Um, so Al yeah. Chang. Yeah. And, and the reason why this friend was a great friend to have is because you could always use his house as the place that you were going. Because you knew that if your parents called his mm-hmm. house to say, hey, we're, you know, we wanted to make sure that our son is there and safe, they don't speak English. Yeah. So they can't Perfect. call the house. Perfect. Or they can, but they won't be able to communicate. They won't get the answer they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I would go over to Al Chang's house, and we would Sneaky. listen to this CD. And this song, Victory, is the one song that, that really stood out. And actually, when you were playing it there, Zoe, in the beginning, yeah. I actually got chills. Yeah, Aww. me too. And this is the song, when I was playing baseball in college, this is the song that we warmed up to. And we took, we took infield to this song every mm-hmm. time. And it's just crazy because it went back to, you know, when I was in fifth, sixth grade. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of baseball. Yeah. It's a nice segue into your favorite number. Yep. We talked about it in our last yes, episode, episode and gentlemen, three. You might remember episode three. We talked a lot about numbers and uh, lucky numbers. Specifically number three. Mark, number why, three, is, Mark why is number three so special and important to you? Well, so I've, I've worn the number three. My whole, you know, when I was playing, I, I call it a career. I don't think you can call it a career anymore when you haven't played for 11, You can call it a career. <laughs> Absolutely. It was a career. I call it a career. It was important to me, so that makes it a career. That's what counts. Um, I wore th- the number three basically throughout my career, and the reason was when I was growing up and trying to pick out a number, I played shortstop, and I was small, and I didn't have a lot of power, and I usually Yet. hit at the top of the lineup where, you know, you're fast, you're a good defensive player, you're usually not a very good hitter, and you definitely have no power. Usually, those types of players wore numbers like one, two, yeah. three, you know, small numbers. And then the bigger players, they got the first baseman, the center fielder, the third yeah. baseman, they would wear numbers in the 20s or 30s. Like the guys who juiced. The guys who juiced. McGuire, Mark McGuire from the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, he was like 35. Yeah. 34, 36, yeah. right? Yeah. Pujols did not juice, so 23. Well, that's questionable. Yeah, Um, Yeah. Barry Bonds, I think he was in the 30s. Yeah. Probably. So the point is, anyways, the point is the number that you wore on your back told a story about what type of player you are Mm -hmm. before you even got on the field. And then when I was growing up, I was trying to, I didn't want to be this small, weak shortstop. I wanted to be somebody that represented some power and some Mm. size. And so the Seattle Mariners, I grew up in Seattle, signed this guy, Alex Rodriguez. Mm, A-Rod. A-Rod. And, and mm. Alex Rodriguez, or A-Rod, turned out to be one of the first um, players of his type, meaning that he was a, a shortstop that also hit for a high average, and he hit with a lot of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I said that's... All naturally. <laughs> wink, wink. Hold <laughs> <laughs> the wool over our eyes. <laughs> Anyways... Yeah. yeah, he's a great player. Great player, but that's, that's why I said this is, this is good because it represents, you know, you're still a fast, good defensive player, but also you see a number three and you say, hey, maybe that guy actually has some power. Bro, you know what? As you're, as you're talking about this, okay, you're fast, you're agile, 
right? You're good on defense. Yeah. And you've got power. The triple threat. Yeah. Um, the now, the only problem is in baseball, you're supposed to, it's called the, the five-tool player. Mm. Not the three-tool player. Yeah. Well, maybe that's you wanna... why your career only went <laughs> yeah. as far as college. You know? Exactly. Oh, I'm missing those exactly. last two. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's where I wear the number three. Uh, you know, it. the quarterback for the Seahawks, Russell Wilson, also wears yeah. the number three. So, Kyle yeah. Salter, uh, Kyle former Salter. wide receiver, defensive end, uh, wore Famous. the number three. What do you think when you came into school wearing the number three, when we met and we both found out that we both wear number three? Well, it's 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 extremely rare, and here's why it's rare. You, it's it's rare. It's it's not weird for me to wear the number three. Yeah, it's weird for you, in your eyes. No, period. Okay. To wear the number three. <laughs> why? Because you're a wide receiver and a defensive end. Yeah, you've got to be the only wide receiver and defensive end <laughs> to wear ever that yeah. asked for the number three unless there were no other jerseys left. One of a kind, man. That's why I did it. Because also, going back to my point, number three jerseys were always made for smaller guys. They were always the smalls or the yeah. mediums. Yeah. You couldn't find a number three in an I extra was, large. I wore the schmedium, man, so I looked really big. Everybody would expect <laughs> me to be wearing a big jersey, so when I came out wearing something that barely fit over my pads, everyone was like, damn, that guy's a beast. Yeah. Well, maybe if you would have worn a more appropriate number, like a yeah. 88, 85, 86. I did wear 80s in college. Yeah, My college picture is I'm wearing 86 in honor of, shout out to Jen Salter. That was the year she was born and there were no other jerseys that I could pick, <laughs> so I had to make 86 meaningful for one reason. So you were actually wearing, this is you know, interesting just for the, the listeners here, the Claremont football team, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Whose jerseys were you guys using? Ah, we had hand-me-down jerseys <laughs> from the USC Trojans. There you go. Wow. Yeah, pretty cool. So you have been in the same, um, same pants yeah. as people like O.J. Simpson. Yes. You have, you have worn O.J.'s pants. Wow. How does that feel? Uh, I was, I, I've worn could you fill Keyshawn them out? Johnson's could you, pants. Could you fill them out? I didn't want to even try. I didn't want to even try. Yeah. O.J. Oh, man. I've, I was thinking about him the other day. I think he's in prison for the rest of his life. That's a shame. Yeah. That was a hell of a, um, a newscast, though, with the white Bronco. Boy. Yeah. And yeah. it's a hell of a Riveting. show on right now. They're, they've done a great job with this OJ. Oh, yeah, the uh, docudrama. Docudrama. Yeah. I've heard really good things. Uh, sh- it's starring, show me the money, Jerry. Who's that guy? Show me the money. Uh, From Jerry Maguire, the actor. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That guy. Oh, man. That Anyways, guy. Yeah. we want to make sure we stay on, uh, on point here because we're going to try to come in with our first episode under 30 minutes, and I know all of our listeners are going to be really happy to hear that. So let's jump straight to one of the things I wanted to talk about with Mark because yeah. we, we ended episode three talking about how do we stay positive and optimistic, and we talked about being mindful and being present. And, kind. and Mark's just a great guy. For anybody who knows Mark who's listening, they... they would echo these these words and anybody who hasn't met Mark hopefully you'll have a chance to spend some time with him Mark he's he's a great young man and uh, very successful at what he does uh, for a living but also just being a person a human being and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things Mark does when he's not at work uh, with supporting the Dick Vitale Foundation 
pretty awesome. It's it's <clears throat> it's the Jimmy V Foundation. Dick Dick Vitale Foundation. <laughs> it's the Jimmy V. Yep, I set you up for that one. But anyways, not only is he altruistic, we want to talk about empathy, because empathy I know is uh, a New Year's resolution of yours, right? Yeah. Being more empathetic. Yeah. Um, talk to us about why you chose that. Yeah, and how is that going? So I chose coming into. Um, probably started in December. That's when I started thinking about my New Year's resolutions. And in the past, I've had one or two, you know, and they're, they're fine. But this year, I was getting a lot of feedback from um, friends and family that I wasn't the most empathetic person in the world. And by not the most empathetic person, people, I've been told that I have zero <laughs> empathy. None. Uh, which I actually agree with. <laughs> yeah. Hey, acknowledgement, that's the first step. Absolutely. Just recognizing that this is, this is an area of improvement. I wouldn't say you have zero, but I'm glad that you're working on this. So, so this was, this was of, of my three New Year's resolutions, this was number one. And this was the most important. The other two were you know, become more familiar with different types of wines. Um, and then the last one was to um, learn how to salsa dance. But... Those are kind of materialistic <laughs> things. So let's just go back to focus on, on the first, which is yeah. empathy. Yeah. And this, this ties back into being more present, being more mindful, understanding what you're good at, what you're bad at. But the empathy thing is, is something that I think is really important because if you, if you look at people, you look at really successful people and people that are really liked um, by others, mm-hmm. they all have a very common trait. I mean, there's a lot of different common traits that they have, but one of the things that they all really have is that they feel for people Mm -hmm. Yeah. and people go to them and they turn to them as leaders because these people are very plugged in and tied in with how others feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think is really important. And, and the question is, so how do you become people were sent? I I was sent books for Christmas, how to become more empathetic. Um, um, Witters? Yeah, I think I think Shout out Witters. to Witters. Witters. Another, you know, well, we, we don't have to talk about her em- level of empathy. She's, it's high. But <laughs> anyways, the, the point I think is that how do you become more empathetic? Right. And everything that I've been reading, because I've done a lot of reading and, li- and thinking about, is it's all about trying to put yourself in the other person's shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which can be really, it's easy to say that. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to actually do that. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why it's difficult to do that is in order to put yourself in another person's shoes, you really have to understand that person. And the, when, when they wake up in the morning, what do they think about? Yep. What are the good things? What are the things that are easy in their life? What are things that are difficult yeah. in their life? Yeah. And what motivates them? And what scares them? Mm-hmm. It's a lot. A lot of factors. So this whole empathy thing is not just, you know, when somebody ha- is going through a difficult time, you feel sorry for them. Give them a shoulder to cry on. That's yeah, very no. that's very superficial. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think to be truly, truly empathetic, you have to tie. You have to. It's a really, really difficult thing because you have to understand what motivates and what scares different types of people. Yeah. Yeah, and actions speak louder than words. You you alluded to it, right? You put yourself in somebody else's shoes. That's not gonna get you all the way there. No. Right. You gotta. Think about okay, what what is this person's life like? What are the what are these this person's circumstances that are making them feel this way? And how can I uh, get to that 
level where you're then able to support them and give them whatever it is that they're kind of looking for or missing. Yeah. And you have to also ask yourself, is that something that I want to do? Yeah. The answer might be no, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, it, it might be. It yeah. might be. Some and people think, just don't care. Yeah. Well, right. and I think that's something when you're really empathetic, I think it comes from wanting to understand where others are coming from, wanting to understand them, wanting to help them just it's a part of your nature. Mm-hmm. And I think that also ties into I, one of the, one of the tricks that I've been using yeah. to try to be more empathetic yeah. is to really focus on being genuine. Mm-hmm. Good. How's that going? That's, it's going. Going. Yeah. It's going. Good. It, look, progress is moving forward. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And being genuine, being truly focused on being genuine is, is, you know, for some people it comes naturally. Mm-hmm. For other people that are potentially in a line of business where they have to sell things, mm-hmm. it may be, you know, a little more difficult. But, right. you know, the, at, at the end of the day, if you want to be a really good, successful at anything you do, yeah. you need to be really genuine because people can see yeah, see through see the BS. Th- see through the BS. See through the superficial acts of kindness. Yeah. Um, but if you're genuine, I think being genuine ultimately ties you back to having empathy. How are you defining genuine here, Mark? Because as I hear you using the word, I'm hearing like I'm also thinking sincere. You know, just for, for our listeners and myself. Genuine. The way that I'm thinking about it is well, it's a couple different takes a couple different forms. The way that I'm thinking about it is just being very honest with others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think the only way that you can get to being honest with others if you're, is if you're honest with yourself. Ah, and that was a big thing we talked about in episode three, yeah. um, is being self-aware and reflecting on, on your own strengths, weaknesses, and where you have room for improvement. That's going to help you be a much better version of yourself. And I think you're really onto something there. Right, and yeah. I, I think what's important there is it's when you're doing the self-reflection mm-hmm. and being mindful and being present, mm-hmm. it has to be about, you have to be honest with what you actually want, not with what other people want you to be mm-hmm. or with what society should tell you right. that you should be. It's what really makes you happy. Yeah. And that's a really, really difficult and scary conversation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, to have with yourself. To have with yourself, yeah. yeah. I have it every now and then, and then I, I get a little scared, and I, I just run away. I let my mind wander, and I just start thinking about hummingbirds and palm trees and water fountains and all these beautiful surroundings around us. Yeah. I started having that conversation just now as Mark was being so mature. I had to run away. How's that, that conversation going for you? It's difficult. I mean, that, that's an easy one to have with yourself. It's an easy one to try to have with yourself yeah. every day. It's, I think, telling yourself to be more empathetic Mm-hmm. You're, you're not going to get anywhere. Right. I think you have to break it down. It's like any really difficult, long mm-hmm. project or journey or goal. Break right. it down into You have to break pieces. it down yeah, into 10, 20, 100 different small pieces. And mm-hmm. it's just like building blocks. Yeah. What's your next goal as you try to be more empathetic? What are you focused on right now? Uh, on, the, on being genuine. Yeah. Yeah, because I think honesty... Being honest is, is honest with yourself and genuine, and then with others is the first step. I don't think you can just jump right into empathy. Yeah, that's you know that's a goal. That's the top of the mountain. 
mm-hmm. and I, don't, I just don't think that you can get there right away. I think it takes years and years of of practice and being there very thoughtful about it. Yeah, awesome, awesome. That ties back into the article that you sent me. Yeah, so I sent you an article, you and our friend Ben. Um, shout out to Ben Adler. It's his birthday soon, dude. You know that? <laughs> I've, I've missed his birthday uh, seven <laughs> out of the last eight years. Yeah. So uh, that would be good to well, so this is celebrate actually interesting. Your, his birthday no, with him this year. Hold on. Just, just one second here. Yeah. The fact that I've missed Ben Adler's birthday yeah. seven of the last eight years yeah. doesn't bother me. Doesn't bother you one bit. Not at all. But it bothers him. Totally. Yeah. And you're I, being more empathetic this and year. And your understanding of that now. No, I still don't really. <laughs> I still just. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah it is what it is. But that's. that's it doesn't, it does not, I can't make your birthday, sorry, not yeah. a big deal. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way too though. Like birthdays, I, I don't know any, I don't even know the exact date of your birthday. Right. Mark. It's, it's either April, it's April 14th. That doesn't, and that doesn't bother me. Yeah, right. Yeah. So anyways, this article, um, this was an interesting article and we were going to try to touch on dating in this uh, interview with Mark, but I think you're doing so well at it that we don't need to rub it in other people's faces. <laughs> I'm trying to be empathetic there. Thanks for avoiding the, the difficult subject. So, but I sent it to you and Ben because there was this study that was done, really cool. I, I really enjoyed this article as a psych major, where women found men who were not as great looking, okay, but very altruistic, found them more attractive than guys who, you know, in a photo were very good looking, but not as giving of their time, giving of their money, giving Mm. of their spirit. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I sent this to you and Ben, I thought it was kind of funny. Um, But this kind of fits nicely with our previous conversation on empathy and what you're doing with the Dickie V Foundation, (laughs) the, the Jimmy V Foundation, which is an incredible foundation. What they do to raise money and awareness around cancer research and treatment. Um, but what did you think of that article? And how might it change the way you live you know, your life day to day and try to attract hot babes into your life? Because <laughs> we all know that's the number one goal. When you're single, that's the number one goal. It's the sure. only goal. It's a goal. But what do you think of that article? I, th- I think the article's spot we'll, on. We'll send the article out to our listeners. We'll put a post on the, the website. Babe, what's the name of the website? Salty Hour Podcast. Salty Hour Podcast. Dot com. Dot Wix. Dot Wix. Dot com. Forward slash get salty. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the show notes. Yeah, it's in the show notes. We'll send, everybody. We'll send that around. So we'll send, the, we'll send the article out that way. But what do you think of it, Mark? So I think it's, I think it's good. I think it's true. I think it's, um, it just go, hits on the fact that um, not just women, but everyone likes people that are focused on doing good beyond what they do for a living, personally. Yeah. And beyond themselves. Beyond themselves. Others. It's being empathetic. Yeah. It's trying to make an impact. And, I mean, I would ask Zoe to, to chime in here. Because what do you think, Zoe? I mean, you, if you were in the same situation. I'm really interested to hear Zoe's answer, and I'll tell you why after she answers. <laughs> okay. I, I agree. I think, I think in any kind of relationship, whether it's, it's friendship or romantic, you're going to be more attracted to people who are willing to open up 
be genuine with you, mm-hmm. give you their attention and their time and their focus, be completely present, and you're gonna feel you're gonna feel special and loved if that individual is making an effort to bring you into their life, to make you a part of their day. Even if you're maybe not able to physically mm-hmm. see each other that day, just like little notes, mm-hmm. little messages, letting them know that they're thinking of you. Yeah. So there's like an element of selflessness there. The reason Absolutely. I was really interested in Zoe's response to this question is because in Zoe's work, right? So if we think about when you are doing, um, if you're giving your time at a shelter or you're mentoring somebody, um, you know, any type of altruistic behavior, Zoe, your profession in dancing and leading yoga um, and, and fitness, right? Mm-hmm. You are doing that. That's how you earn a living. But at the yeah. same time, an offshoot of that is helping other people feel better, look better, and so that's why I was really interested in your response because day to day, the way you earn a living is also, um, in a way, kind of altruistic in, in that you're giving your time to help other people Thanks. look and feel better about themselves mentally, physically, emotionally. I try to. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was a good article. It was, it was neat. And it made me think, you know, I mean, this was attractiveness between men and women who were, I think, single and looking for, for looking for love. Uh, but it, yeah, it made me think about what do I do outside of uh, the office, outside of my social life that's giving back to others. I think that's a nice thing to try to pursue in 2016. Maybe I'll add it to my list of uh, New Year's resolutions. Yeah. It's really, really challenging. Yeah. Especially because you've got so many things consuming your time in your life. Yeah, but you, I think that once you find something that you, the key is finding something that you connect with. I'm really glad you found Jimmy B. Yeah. You find something with you that you connect with and you will definitely find the time. It's like my, my friends that are having babies now. Yeah. Right? They, they work. They spend time with their family. They spend time with their baby. And they still have a social life. And I ask them, I mean, because I, I feel like I barely have any time for anything. Right. And I'm not married and I don't have a kid. Yeah. And I ask them, I say, how do you, how do, you do this? And they say, you just make time for it. Mm-hmm. You find the things, you know, there's 10 things that you do during the day. And the things that are important, you make time for. And the other stuff, you just cut it out. Absolutely. Yeah, if you care about it, you make time for it. Mm-hmm. You sure will. Well, something on this podcast that we care about. What's that? That we want to get Mark in on. This is, this is the only part. This is the only reason I wanted to be on right here. Yep. <laughs> Urban Dictionary, word of the day from, from the, the year 2014. 2014. Yep. So. Are you ready, Money? What's it. today's date? Just so we know how many, how many days we're getting through here. February 15th. Today's the 15th. Okay. So we left off uh, at... Thursday, February 6th of the year 2014. Zoe, what's the word? Olympic 15. Like the freshman 15, it's the 15 pounds you gain when you sit on the couch and watch the Olympic Games for two weeks straight. Those are coming up, by the way. Rio. 
the Olympic 15. Rio. Yeah. Use, use it in a sentence. You want me to use it in a sentence? Yes, please. Um, nothing makes you feel worse than watching these incredibly in-shape athletes doing track and field and winning gold medals while I'm sitting at home eating Doritos and drinking Coca-Cola gaining the Olympic 15. <laughs> it was yeah. a run-on sentence, but I think it worked. Grammar police. Wee, wee, wee. What? Hey, hey, this is... We, we said in our first episode, okay? We don't use grammar correctly, correctly. on this show. Wait, if All anybody's right. going to be the grammar police, though, it should be me. The worst, <laughs> the worst writer <laughs> in the history of Not true. anybody with a college degree. Not true. Don't believe it. The bipolar coaster. Saturday, Sunday. Here's one of those double days. Saturday, Sunday, February 8th, 9th, from the year 2014. The bipolar coaster is when you or someone you know is in a relationship where one or the other experiences extreme emotional highs and lows on pretty much a daily basis. The bipolar coaster. Babe, thank God neither, neither of us are riding the bipolar coaster. I, I admit I am guilty of riding the bipolar coaster the week before my period. Oh, mm. yep. So, this, so that would be this week, right? No, it was two weeks ago. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was brutal. It was bad. And I, yeah, I always wonder, I'm like, why am I being such a bitch? And then Crimson Tide. <laughs> and it all makes sense. <laughs> Roll Tide. Okay. How about this one, Mark? Let's have you read the, use this one in a sentence. Olympic adoption. The act of changing which country you root for in the Olympics, usually done when your home country's team is terrible. Well, luckily, actually, you know, being from the U.S. of A, I never have this issue, but I do have this issue in the, in the following sports. I grew up as a Seattle Mariners fan, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and over the years, the Mariners have been terrible. Mm-hmm. And I have developed a case of Olympic adoption wherever I am living at the current time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I Olympic adopted the New York Yankees yeah. mm-hmm. uh, when I moved there in 2007, and they won the championship in mm-hmm. 2008. Mm-hmm. Moved to San Francisco in 2014. I Olympic adopted the San Giants. Francisco Giants, mm-hmm. yeah. and they won the World Series. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be the grammar police on this one. It's specific to country, but I like I like what you were doing there. Well. <laughs> it's still it's, it's sport adoption. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. It's that sport. works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Urban Dictionary, please. Okay. <laughs> next word. Tuesday, February eleventh. Oh man. This would be. It's texted. an acronym. It's an acronym. It's L M I R L, which stands for Let's Meet in Real Life. <laughs> How often do you send this one out, Mark? <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to start incorporating that. Yep. L M I R L, L M I R L. Can we please, can we please enact the? Let's meet in real life. You'll be the guy. I'll be the guy. I'll be the girl. Guy says. I could be Ryan Gosling's twin brother. Girl Um, says. L M I R L. Exclamation point. Yeah. 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 That's good. I like that. Mark, you could. You're like. I'm Bradley Cooper from the waist up and Denzel from the waist down. Girl says, L-M-I-R-L. And then she meets me and she says, you're more like Seth Green she all says, over. She says, <laughs> she says, L-O-L. <laughs> R-O-T-F-L. 
All right. <laughs> oh, this is a good one. This is a good one, Mark. We could use this. Pillow partition. A section of pillows placed between two bedmates oh. who are not lovers to avoid any <laughs> accidental touching while asleep. The bedmates using a pillow partition are typically heterosexual males who are forced to sleep in the same bed for logistical reasons. Talk to everybody about our pillow partition, summer of 2007. Um, Living in New York City. Um, 60th Street between 1st and 2nd. I had subletted a place for the summer for three months. We, We shared a wall with Scores Strip Club, yep. which the day I moved in, I was with my mom, and we thought it was a sports bar. Oh, no. So we walked into Scores. With your mother. To be, meted by, to be greeted by three large men in black suits. Yeah, with, with chicks with large breasts right yeah. behind them. And we asked them if the, how the chicken Caesar was. <laughs> they thought that was code for yeah, they, they, they said that it was good tonight. Anyway, so, so Kyle and I, Kyle and I shared... Kyle was also living in New York, didn't yeah. have a place yeah. to stay. I Mark said, hey, let me stay with him. come on, bunk up with me. So we're on the, like, the fifth floor walk up of yeah. this place. Mm-hmm. And Kept us in shape. We, have, we get into the bedroom, and there is one bed, and it's a double bed. Yeah. Uh, and so for the whole summer, Sal- Salter and I, this just goes to show you how much action we, were, we got that summer. <laughs> we slept in that bed together. And we started with a pillow patrician. Yeah. But the problem was the bed was so damn small that we yeah. had to get rid of the pillow patrician. So there was room for the two of you to stay in the yeah. bed. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, butt to butt. And that's another, another thing that they should add. The butt to butt technique is a great one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That forms a natural wall. You just, your butts touch, you're facing away from each other. You stay back to back. Yeah, nothing bad can happen in that situation. Unless you've had a lot of chili the night before. <laughs> oh no. I can't imagine the, the pillow two of partition. You That's a good one. Off. Okay, Zoe, this one's for you. Okay. It's the break over from Thursday, February 13th, the year 2014. Break over, a complete reinvention of oneself and one's image achieved through treatment and improvement of one's physical appearance after ending one's relationship with a significant other. Oh, this is... portmanteau of breakup and makeover. Yeah. That's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. Yeah, it's a lot. Breakovers, breakovers are the best. Looking good and feeling great about yourself is, I think, the best. This is a plug for your plug for your business here. Absolutely. Yeah. How so, many of your clients do you think are are getting over or coming to you because they just broke up with their spouse? Their yeah. How many people other? are coming to you look because of a breakover, needing a breakover? I'm not probably a fair amount. They're wanting to get out there and um, not only look good but meet new people mm. and getting in shape. Pursuing yeah. fitness and getting outside your is this, comfort should zone I, should can I be, be coming, excellent. Should I be coming to your classes? You absolutely should be coming to my classes. Really? Yeah. Good way to meet some some females. Yeah. You yeah. should. Athletic. You should. Sweat up a storm next you to some athletic oh, listen, broads. Yeah. Listen, kids, yeah. sign up for Surf Air and get your ass to one of Zoe's classes. Yeah. Yep. That's this it. episode brought to you by Surf Air. And typically, the breakover, it includes getting into shape, <laughs> looking hot, and then chopping your hair. Guys. A lot of girls or dyeing their hair. Oh, yeah. You change, change, yeah, your, you hair change your hair in a significant way. You know it's way. in? I don't want to so get no too far into look. this. Glow-in-the-dark hair. <laughs> it's a new thing. Is it? Yes. It's awesome. 
Huh. I'm going to look into this. Yeah. Okay. I'll put up a We've link on more. the website. This is the last one. Two more. This is the right? last one. What's today? Okay. Love at far sight. This is great. Love at far sight. Though similar to love at first sight, love at far sight differs in that the initial attraction dies once its object comes into proper view. Oh, God. Oh, it's like a Picasso. Yeah. 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 Yeah, good, good from far, but far from good. Mm -hmm. Kyle, remember the trick that we used to do in, in college? Yep. Take your contacts out? Yeah. We, yeah. we, would, go out, <laughs> we would go out at night, and we, we, we both wore contacts. I, I wear... Um, a size negative six and negative six and a half. It's oh so gosh. bad. So, you know, just can't see, can't see my hand about, yeah. six inches in front of my face. And we would go out at night. Yep. And it's amazing. Um, it's Sixes amazing to nines. how your night goes um, when you can't see what yeah. you're, who you're talking to. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's love at Farsight, everybody. Mark, thank you so much. Yeah, thank thanks for having me. Our first... Our first guest. Yeah, our first, this is exciting our first stuff. official guest. Mark, yes. This is three. exciting stuff. You guys have a real, I mean, I didn't realize the studio that you guys have here. This is incredible. This is like a professional recording studio. I feel yeah. like I feel like Bieber is going to come out of the bathroom and start start dropping some beats and wearing some uh, harem pants. I wish. It's, it's possible. By the way, are you, you guys, are we doing the Bieber concert? We should. Yeah, it's... Um, we should talk about it. I think it. it's the 22nd. We might be or recording March. that day. Have your people call our people. Yeah. And we'll put Justin, it Justin, have, have Scooter give us a call. <laughs> now, this was a lot of fun. Thanks. Thank Let's you, Let's do it again. We, we should. I, uh, I can only hope that I'm invited back at some point. We I'm will. Down. We'll talk about how you're doing with your empathy. Yeah. We'll, we'll get an empathy update. Empathy checkup. Yeah. 2017. All right. All cool. right. Thank you, Zoe. Thank you, Doc. All right. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.